All right, so honestly, is nobody going to talk about the penis-shaved rocket ship that Jeff Bezos just took to space? We all see it. We all see it. Oh, Pablito. It's going to be one of those episodes. Hit the music, buddy. everybody welcome to another episode of the mike is always right podcast i'm your host mike and i am incredibly thankful i am incredibly humbled i'm incredibly just overjoyed to be with you today had an amazing time uh last weekend out at the st croix county fair got to meet some really really interesting people uh i I would challenge you if you didn't get to listen to the interviews that i did at the st croix county fair i I met a lot of different people met a lot of different candidates and was able to sit down and kind of pick their brains and you know, I, I don't ever want to be normal. I don't know what normal is, but I don't want to be like it. So, you know, one of the things that I endeavor to do was, was meet these people and understand who they are, what makes them tick, you know, what are they proud of. Uh, and, and I hope that that came through. So go back and give those a listen, especially if you do live here in the state of Wisconsin. A lot of things going on right now, local politics, and uh, really all politics are local. So as we start gearing up for 2022 and, and, and working towards taking our country back, there are things that you're going to want to listen to, things that you're going to want to see, things that you're going to want to understand as we head into a very pivotal time uh, in our nation's history. So we're going to separate this episode into two parts. The first part being just some takes, some observations, some understanding about what's going on right now. And the second part is going to be an interview I did a while back with a guy named Dan Peterson. Now, you don't know Dan Peterson. Dan is not running for office. Dan is not a Hollywood figure. Dan is not a person that's on the radio or a talk show host, he wouldn't be anybody that you would maybe recognize outside of his family or his friends, but he's representative of an ideal, I think, that needs to be tapped in the marketplace be tapped in the world. Uh, He is an amazing guy. We're going to meet him and kind of go over his story and how he kind of came to some of the rationalizations and realizations of how he chooses to live his life, his outlook on things, and what influenced him. Spoiler alert, he is an awesome guy. So one of the other things that I wanted to make sure that I let everybody know is that I'm going to be doing the 9-11 Lambeau Field Memorial Stair Climb. So every year, they do a stair climb at Lambeau Field. And what you do is you get a group together, and they go the lower bowl of the actual stadium, and you start at a point in time, and you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down, and you climb the stairs, and you go down the stairs, and basically... What it simulates is the 110 stories that the brave men and women of the FDNY and the NYPD and the Port Authority and all of those brave first responders did uh, on September 11, 2001. It is a fundraiser for the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. I am doing that fundraiser. 
I am going to do that stair climb. Uh, hopefully I'll have some people with me and we'll do a team and have a really good time doing it. Um, but it's a, it's a challenge. It is a very physical challenge. I do the entire event. I did it in 2019. They didn't have it last year, but I do the event with a 40 pound weight vest just in solidarity, uh, for my brothers that are still out there holding the line and taking care of business. Um, so like I said, a great fundraiser for the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. If you see fit, I will put a link in the show notes so that you can see exactly where to give money. Um, it is a great event and they're happening all over the country. Uh, I believe it was the Denver Fire Department was the first fire department that started it. God bless them. And uh, it's just trickled across the entire country and it is very, very amazing. So uh, just a, just an update on that. It'll be a great time. Uh, took me about an hour and a half. Hopefully I'll do it a little bit quicker this year, um, but it is an amazing time. So um, I want to point to something that I thought was very interesting. Now, I listened to the news conference live. I happened to be in my vehicle um, when the conference was going on, but a bill just passed. It passed the House. It passed uh, the Senate, and it's on our way to creepy Grandpa Joe's desk for signing. And on the onset, let me just say this. I'm not against this bill. This bill wasn't horrible. This wasn't a pork barrel, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, they don't think they spent $50,000 on a hammer, $20,000 on a toilet seat. Um, it's not one of those bills. Um, this bill is a crime victims fund bill and it's a reauthorization or I'm sorry, a reappropriation of funds for this bill. So this bill, I believe if I remember correctly, um, was actually something that then creepy Senator Joe Biden actually championed when he spent 137 years in the United States Senate, not having an actual job to speak of a day in his life. And he championed this bill on the onset. I'll say it's a great bill. What it does is it actually takes penalties that are levied on criminals, penalties that are levied on cheats and crooks and bad folks, and it puts it into a fund and it goes to help people who are victims of crime, uh, domestic abuse, rape, different things of that nature. It is a very good bill and it really is interesting when you see 100, literally 100 senators, um, get all of them in there. I mean, let's talk about that, right? To get 100 senators to agree on anything, I think is absolute craziness. Even crazy Bernie voted for it. And Bernie doesn't vote for things just because Bernie doesn't vote for things. Um, you have Mittens, good old Mittens Romney. Uh, he voted for it. Uh, you know, you, you got all, all the big heavy hitters, Ron Johnson, you know, Ted Cruz, um, crazy Dianne Feinstein, and, and all of those folks, you know, voted for this bill to pass this bill. And it was an amazing part of a, you know, agreement of people and we're going to support victims and we're going to make sure that they're financially ready and, and we're going to make sure that they're taken care of. And that was a great thing. However, if you take those same senators, specifically the ones on the left, that spent the entire summer, fall, and winter talking about defunding the police, basically villainizing law enforcement as evil, horrible, racist pigs, okay? You take all of that information, 
All right, you defund the police. I find it interesting that the Minneapolis uh, City Council wants a better accounting and understanding of the slow response to the peaceful protests after St. George Floyd passed away last year at the hands of a Minneapolis cop. So, you know, here's the interesting thing. We've established a fund to take care of our victims, but we're slowly working to erode the mechanism that helps us create less victims. So the question that I have is, seriously, are we just putting a down payment on misery? Are we just doing something that feels good? Because this feels good. Now, don't, again, don't misunderstand me. Um, Crime will always be here. Um, There will always be bad people in this world. I'm not saying that, you know, wow, if we did this, we would eliminate crime. You'll never eliminate crime simply because it involves the human element. People inherently are good and some people inherently are bad, okay? But what I'm saying is when you look to defund, you look to dismantle, okay? You look to completely what did uh, um, AOC say reimagine I love the word Kamala Harris reimagine I love all of this reimagining that is going on with our tax dollars and meanwhile they're diverting funds millions and millions of dollars away from law enforcement and not only are they nickel and diming them and and basically you know strangling them financially they're demonizing them in the streets They're demonizing them in the streets and vilifying them so that there is this inherent mistrust. Now, here's the thing, and and, and I'm a realist, okay? There are probably a good portion of cops that are absolute evil people, right? They fall in the category of bad apples, okay? But here's the thing. The vast majority got into a career knowing, number one, they were never going to get rich, so, so my parents lived next door to a wonderful man uh, who was a Harris County deputy and in Harris County in Texas. And I believe, and I'm, if I'm getting this wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm sorry. I believe he did 31 years, if memory serves me correct. His name was Dave, and Dave actually just retired, okay? And... I don't see a huge bass boat for Dave. He lived in a in a in a very you know probably I'd say a middle to upper middle class neighborhood right next to my parents. Um, I don't think Dave is rich, unless I don't know something. I know the guy had side jobs. I've never met a cop, a firefighter, or a paramedic who didn't have at least three jobs. Let, let that set in for a minute. So you're a cop, you're a firefighter, you're a paramedic, and you can't even make enough money at your first job to pay, do the things that you need to do, buy a house, all that great stuff. So you take on additional work. You take on additional, for, for police officers, a lot of time it's security work, security details. I know a lot of the motor officers do um, funeral processions, things of that nature, right? They're trying to find and they're trying to make more money because we simply don't pay them enough. And now, not only are we not paying them enough, we're not giving them the tools they need to take care of business, 
right? We're vilifying them and demonizing them in front of the crowd. So they got into this not to get rich. They got into this knowing that there's a high probability that they're going to die. And I'm not talking about a death where a criminal shoots you in the face where, yes, that happens. But do you know how many cops are killed each year doing traffic stops and some drunk driver hits them? It's a horrible, horrible thing. They get into this knowing that this is an honorable and noble profession that they want to help. They want to give everything they have up to and including giving their life for people. And these politicians and these so-called leaders... Pablito, I know. Again, we're podcasting. Pablito's laughing at me because I'm doing the leaders, the air quotes. Um, Quiet you. These leaders absolutely take every single opportunity they can to absolutely shit on them. And I don't understand it. So we have this crime bill, this crime victims bill that we're giving all this money for. And we're going to not only defund the police, not only we're going to defund the police, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to work to erode your Second Amendment rights. So when a um, municipality, when a county, when a, an, a city has, um, just for round numbers, okay, let's say we have 20 cops, okay, and you, you'll have a, a platoon, uh, let's make it easy, 24. So you have eight, eight, and eight, right? You have eight that are on, uh, you know, one shift, two shift, three shifts. You have 24 of them, right? So instead of those 24 being there, we can't get additional people. We can't promote people to work detective, to work homicide, to work narcotics. We have to literally put everything on the street and patrol street. And then what we're going to do is we're not going to give them the tools to do their job correctly. So we do all that and then we say, but you know what? You can't own this type of weapon, this capacity magazine. You can't do this. Pablito, pull up that clip of Biden talking about the Second Amendment. Listen to this. And what type of weapon you could own, to own them. And I might add, the Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the, the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never been, if you wanted to think you need to, have weapons to take on the government. You need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon. I mean, really? Did you actually hear that? You know, it's interesting to me when you talk about, you can't have one without the other. You really cannot have one without the other. You can't have it both ways. You can't say that cops are evil, cops are horrible, cops are terrible. We need to defund them. We need to reimagine them. I mean, it blows my mind that the entire summer that we had all of the peaceful protests and people burning down, you know, in one of my neighbor cities, literally like 20 miles uh, to my west, you know, you had these politicians bailing out of jail, these arsonists, these looters, and it just blows my mind. So you have the defunding of the police, you have all of that, and then you have your leaders talking about basically eroding your Second Amendment so that when there are no cops around, when things go completely to crap, what are you going to do? Slingshots? Arrows? Rocks? You know, why don't we take, you know, and, and we'll just... Um, 
I don't even know. This blows my mind in such a way. And I think it's interesting when you look at it. Number one, he couldn't even get it out as far as, you know, the Tree of Liberty needs to be refreshed from time to time by the blood of patriots and tyrants. Uh, it blows my mind that you have somebody that says, hey, um, you don't need those weapons. You don't need that stuff. Um, because, listen, you'll never be able to overthrow the government. Did anybody catch that? Did anybody see that when he said, hey, listen, if you're going to come at me, baby, you need some F-15s. You need some nuclear weapons. When, and nobody wants to talk about this, you know, January 6th, we stormed the castle and we occupied it. <laughs> um, I'm not proud of that. Don't Don't get me started. I'm not saying that that was a good thing or that that was, you know, but let's just look at history. Let's look at the history of our country. When the tyrants got out of hand, there was this Popeye mentality that said, I've stands all I can stands and I can't stands no more. And so when we talk about that, it blows my mind when you see good people put in a position where they either, A, cannot get the help from the police. Here's the national statistic, guys. When a 911 operator receives a call, they have to get it out within about 15 seconds. That cop, you don't know where that cop is. He has to cover geographical distance. So what I always say is, when seconds count, when life is on the line, and you have seconds, the police will be minutes away from you. Who needs a 15-round? Let me tell you what. I need 10, 15, 30, all of the above. Why? Because I don't know what it's going to take to put down the threat. I don't know what it's going to take. Because if it's them or me, and it's them or my family, first and foremost, the doors that are on, <laughs> the locks that are on my doors, <laughs> they're to protect you, not me. <laughs> don't come through them. Because here's the deal. I will do whatever it takes to protect that which I love. God, I had an amazing day today. Got to see my baby hold my baby. <laughs> my 13-year-old got to hold her baby sister, Amara. Uh, she's, he's nine weeks old, and Aubrey got to do it for the very first time. I would die for them. And yes, I would kill for them. If it came down to it. And so... This entire argument that wants to wrap itself up and say that you shouldn't have this, you shouldn't have that, let's reimagine. This is a pipe dream, kids. This is the very core of our existence, the actual um, mechanism that government is supposed to provide. They are to provide for the common defense. And if they can't do it, I'm just going to ask you, please... You'll only get one, please. Don't limit my ability to do that. Because here's the deal. All of these laws, all of these things, all of these, this stuff that they want to pass that erodes our Second Amendment, the criminals just don't care. The criminals just don't care. So when we talk about going into 2022... Special news alert, the COVID variant Delta is going to destroy everything. You see that? You catch that? Going into 2022, your rights 
are under attack. Your Second Amendment rights, your voting rights, all of this stuff is going to be under attack. And then the great smokescreen of COVID, the Delta variant. Let's all fear it. You should get vaccinated. Now, let me tell you this, okay? Here, here's, here's, this is me. This is as raw and as honest as I can tell you. I can't speak for why other people are not getting the vaccine. I can only speak for why I personally am not. So a couple things. Number one, if I get COVID, statistically, I'm at a higher rate to get through it and to not have any lasting health effects. Okay? So if I get COVID, I'm going to feel like crap for a couple of days. I'm going to probably wish I had gotten the vaccine. But the odds of me dying are relatively low. Number two, this is not an FDA-approved drug. And everybody wants to get mad. This an FDA? No, it is an emergency authorization to be used for the COVID-19-infected people. Number three, it is hard for me to get behind anything when the manufacturer basically says... In order for you to get this thing, you cannot sue me. You cannot. You have to hold me harmless. You cannot sue Merck. You cannot sue Pfizer. You cannot sue AstraZeneca. You cannot sue them. And the governments signed agreements with these companies when they bought those vaccines. Okay? So if anything goes wrong, zero liability for the people that actually made it. So if in the next three months... We have mutated zombie babies that are going to be killing people and gnawing on people's frontal lobes. Merck is going to say, well, hey, we made our money. We're good. AstraZeneca is going to say, hey, I bet you we could have something that would cure those zombie babies. Meanwhile, zombie babies are eating your frontal lobe. Worst case scenario, but let's talk about that, right? And, and another reason I'm not doing it, because it was a horrible, evil thing. Not more than about 12 months ago, because it was something that President Trump was championing, right? It was something that he was a champion of, and he did Operation Warp Speed, and we're never going to do this. And then if we do this, the the, see the literal hypocrisy on the left that says, no, Trump's going to do it. The vaccine will be bad. It'll be horrible. It's going to kill people. It'll be rushed. It'll be unsafe. And now, cue up Chuck Todd. Let's get Chuck Todd from MSNBC. Let's see what he has to think about this. Please get vaccinated. If you know someone who's not vaccinated, find a way to convince them to get vaccinated. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. People are needlessly dying because of your misinformation. Think about it. I don't know how some of you sleep at night who are doing this for a living on television. If you caught that selective outrage... Those of you who are doing it on television, what he's talking about is Fox News. What he's talking about is Newsmax. What he's talking about is O'Reilly. He's talking about Glenn Beck. He's talking about Michael Berry. He's talking about Dan Bongino. He's talking about Tucker Carlson. He's talking about all the people who are raising questions and saying, hey, listen, it needs to be a personal choice. It doesn't need to be something that's government mandated. When when Joe Biden says, hey, me and Jen Psaki are going to go door to door, when you literally have campaigns, for example, in North Carolina, where they're going to go door to door to get people vaccinated. 
Does that sound like something that makes a whole lot of sense? Whatever happened to individual rights? Whatever happened to individual freedoms? You know, I don't remember anybody going door to door to make sure that people had the flu vaccine. And tens of thousands of people die every single year of the flu. Well, I mean, at least nobody died last year of the flu. That had to have been some sort of a clerical error. I don't know how that happened. But literally, you know... (laughs) Tens of thousands of people die of the flu every year. The flu shot only covers X amount of percentage of people, but we're not going door to door wanting to jab people's arms with that. But we don't want people to make a rational decision that says, hey, I'm willing to accept the consequences. I'm willing to accept... Whatever happens to me, whatever happened to personal responsibility, whatever happened to personal accountability, because here's the deal. And and what they love to talk about on the left, which I think is hilarious, is that brown and black people are disproportionately affected by it and they're not getting the vaccine. Can you blame them? When the government gave black men syphilis in the 60s and early 70s, the Tuskegee experiment, can you blame black people for saying, wait a minute, the government's pushing this? Is it something I want to put into my body? Especially since they literally worked so hard in 2020 to tell me how horrible it was going to be, how there was no safety involved in it, and it was going to be a horrible thing because the orange man said it was coming. Orange man, bad. We don't do that. Now, all of a sudden, after January 20th, hey, we're good, man. You need to get that vaccine. Get two, get three, get four. Little Timmy, he's eight years old. Let's give him the vaccine, too. But he still has to wear his mask when he goes to school. What, are you crazy? And we may not even open school because, you know, teachers' unions. So there's a lot going on right now. But I want to pivot to this interview with Dan because this is where I think our hope lies. This is where I think our hope is in people like Dan, okay? In people like Monica. In people like Orlando. In people like Cindy, in people that take this and say, you know what? I'm not going to buy it. You're selling it. I'm not buying it. I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to figure it out for myself. I'm going to look into this and then I'm going to make a decision. And I'll tell you what. This isn't, you know, bravado. This isn't someone being big and tall or whatever. I'm going to tell you, don't come to my house peddling a vaccine. I can literally see you, you know, from about 900 feet away if you come down my drive. Don't come to my house. We've taken all of the things that you've said. We've listened to all the argument. And we have made a decision that at this point, we are not going to do it. And if you do that... Hey, man, that's on you. But you better be prepared to accept what happens. And I'm willing, and I'm able, and I'm there, and and I'm prepared to accept that. 
because I think in the end, it's not the best thing for my body. So as we go forward, and I keep talking about this, I keep saying this, you need to plug in, you need to get involved. What are you doing in Texas? What are you doing in Colorado, in Pennsylvania, Alabama, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, whoever's listening to me in Germany, guten Tag, okay? What are you doing there? How are you getting involved? Are you screaming at the wind? The wind is always going to blow. What are you doing to get involved? What are you doing to get involved in your local school board, your local city council, your local, uh, you know, board of supervisors for your county? How are you supporting these candidates? How are you looking at these down ballot candidates and saying, are you a person who reflects my morals, my ideals, the things that I hold and the utmost importance? 2022 is coming and I'm telling you this COVID Delta variant is going to be another smoke and mirrors. It's going to be another absentee ballots. It's going to be another let's close everything down and we don't let's let's they're already talking about mass mandates. They're already talking about going into lockdowns. We're going to get a fourth, fifth or sixth stimulus check that's going to add billions and trillions of dollars to the ledgers for our children and our children's children. Enough. Where does it start? It starts locally. So we come back, we're going to talk to Dan. We're going to talk to Dan. We're going to understand who he is and how there's such a bright, bright glow in the future. Come on back to us. legend uh dan peterson dan how are you doing today man i'm well how are you mike good to be here i I have i've literally built this up i mean the only place we can go is (laughs) crashing down right like (laughs) that's right that's right who is this guy um so i'm I'm gonna kind of i'm gonna bring some things out because you know in previous podcasts we talked to a wonderful woman named monica alexander and monica was a, a true unicorn right she was a female uh, she's she's black and she is conservative. Now I am talking to an actual aberration here because Dan is a white male under thirties conservative. Yes, Dan. Yeah, that's that's about accurate. That that, that explains it. <laughs> the, these the, these things do not exist, uh, or or the radical left would have you believe that these things don't exist, that you don't exist in this world. But, but Dan, just kind of give me, give me the, the Reader's Digest version. Who are you, man? Where'd you come from? Uh, what, what began to make you, you? Well, man, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Um, uh, I guess by nature, I've always been a contrarian. So, you know, I don't mind being who I am in this world that we live in. Um, when, I, when I was very young, I, I mean, I've, I've always been that way, I guess, just, just very hard-headed, uh, obstinate, stubborn. I mean, if you tell me one thing, I'm going to do my research and tell you that that's not right. <laughs> so 
so I'm, I, I guess I've always played devil, devil's advocate. Um, so you've never been the type to accept the world that is presented to you. Very correct. Yep. That's absolutely hundred percent true. Yeah. So, so now you grow up, you grew up in, in Minnesota, correct? Or, or as we say down South, down South, they say Minnesota. <laughs> no, I'm actually uh, New Hampshire. Right? New Hampshire. Okay. So yes, sir. from, from an even, from an even different state and, and what, what brought you from New Hampshire, what brought you here to Minnesota? Because eventually you'd move to Minnesota, you'd meet me, we'd start working out together. What 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 brought you here, man? Yeah, dude. So um, I moved here at thirteen, so it's not like I'm. Uh, I moved here yesterday from New Hampshire. Um, I would love to move back because I do embrace the state slogan of or the state motto of uh, "Live free or die." Live free uh, or die, right? I mean. You'd think it's a blue. It's been a blue state for a while, but there's a there's a good amount of red people in there for sure. And um, the uh, the mindset of freedom and you know don't piss me off is, is very alive out there. It's Let the only me be state, me. Exactly, it's the only state where you don't have to legally wear a seatbelt. So yes. <laughs> they, they want to hey, go man, free. If you want to kill yourself, you know, in a, in, right. a, in a vehicle, have at it, man. That's right. It's right. Just don't hurt other people if you can help. So, so when we talk about a a conservative viewpoint, we talk about and and, and I think it's very telling. You're like, hey, I want to get back to a place where they'll let you be you. They'll they'll let you you know explore the freedoms. They'll let you do those things. Where where would you first or when would you first say you considered yourself as maybe a conservative? At what point did you say, man, I'm, I'm kind of leaning more to the right? Right. So I guess here's my here's my political journey. Um, my dad is a pastor. My mom's a nurse and they've always been pretty right wing, right? Conservative. I don't know. I think growing up, they probably identified more as Republican than using the term conservative, but it, I mean, it has morphed into conservatism for sure. Um, and really my journey with being on any sort of spectrum politically was, um, you know, with my contrarian mindset, you know, I just didn't feel like I wanted to adopt what they had going on. And so at about, I don't know, 15 or 16, maybe, I, I started listening to Glenn Beck, who identified more as libertarian. And from there, I really started to look into libertarianism. And, you know, libertarians are, are it's an interesting group, for sure. Um, so I'm somewhere politically along the spectrum of libertarian conservative. But uh, I just, I, I don't like to adopt either of those uh, names really i just, just <laughs> i'm not comfortable being a crazy libertarian i don't like being a conservative label um but i'm i'm somewhere in the middle so that is so like maximum I, freedom I, I got you i got you so I, I think i think you're exactly right in that you know we use labels oftentimes to define people right like you're this you're that and i think maybe maybe the the bigger opportunity right maybe the bigger opportunity is to say you know this is my belief system it's going to line up in this avenue, but maybe the label isn't the best, right? Because I think, do you feel like it pigeonholes you sometimes? Oh, totally, hundred percent. Yeah, so it's terrible. When, when we talk about and, and and you know, this is this is going to make me feel incredibly old right now. But you know, I'm in my forties, <laughs> right? You're yep. you're you're how old now? Come on, Dan, hurt hurt me now. Hurt I'm, me I'm now. 27. 27 years old. Yep. I I I have shoes that are older than you. <laughs> no, I, I don't yet, but uh, I'm getting that way. Um. So, 
as as opposed to your particular generation, your woke generation that is, you know, apologizing for being born the way they're born, really eking out, trying to get us to socialism, you know, where, how do you say your upbringing as far as your mom and dad, you know, you had said that they were more along the conservative lines, you know, was there a point in time where they were like, Hey, this is what your friends may be doing. Just push back, son. Was there ever that sort of conversation? I'm curious. Um, no, I kind of, thankfully, I mean, it's a weird thing. Cause I was, I was pretty sheltered as a kid. I was homeschooled. Um, but I had enough, um, enough interaction with public school kids where, you know, I didn't really like what they were putting down as far as their attitude and the way that they just mocked people. And, you know, I remember going to Stillwater area high school because I, I studied music in high school and I was really hoping to go to music school in college. I remember going to their, their high school band um, and, and sitting on a couple, couple courses there. And the kids were just like, man, they were, they were, intensely just ridiculing Catholics, conservatives, like everything that, you know, my parents stood for. And it wasn't so much that, that it was just, you know, the harshness of their tone or just making fun of people. It was like, just thinking that another person's stupid just for what they, what they identify as. And to me, I think that the left has always been like, that's their true face. It feels like to me anyway, where, you know, you've got all these people my age who just, that they don't know anything really, you know, they just like to make fun of others for, you know, holding true to a, a tradition really and having a moral compass. It's like, okay, well, I got a moral compass. Like how, how is that wrong, man? <laughs> that's crazy. Well, and, and that's, and that's where I think one of the biggest, you know, misconceptions about this woke leftism, you know, is, is you can be who you want to be. You can just only be who we say you can be, right? So exactly. if you if you are conservative, if you are a traditionalist, if you have, you know, a Christian background, that automatically means you're most likely xenophobic, homophobic, whatever phobic they want to add to you, right? And they want to be right. inclusive as long as you think like them, right? Right, and that's now, where I really started to differ from my parents is that. Um, right when the left started pushing um, kind of the gay rights agenda and all that stuff. And I forget what the bill was, but it was, you know, the yes bill or whatever to say yes to gay marriage. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was, I was in high school at the time when that was, it was big. And I remember that like, I didn't want to side on either party with that really. Cause I'm just like, you know, if that's what you want to do, it, like it doesn't really hurt me. But at the same time, you've got all these crazy people on the left who are just shoving it. And, and if you disagree with them, then you're a terrible human being. Like there's there's one way or there's no way. And it's like, OK, well, if you want to live your life like that, I don't care. It doesn't hurt me. You know, go get married, whatever. So I think that you like I was I was of the ilk where, yeah, you can legally you should be able to do that. Right. Yeah, you know, if yeah. you want should be able to yeah but uh you know my parents were were not on that on that train but it, like i wasn't i wasn't shoving that down anyone else's throat like i didn't have that as my profile picture you yeah. know the su yeah. support the bill it's just like i don't know do what you want with your life you know well and i think you you bring up an interesting point you know at, at what point in our society did we lose the ability to agree but disagree and just because we disagreed, we wouldn't demonize the other person. Right. You know, I think I think that is something 
that is lost. You, you and I can have opinions. We can have differing opinions, but does that necessarily mean I'm, you know, morally superior to you or you're morally in, you know, insuperior. I mean, what, what does all that mean? And I think the problem with the woke radical left is number one, they'll eat their young, no problems at all. Right. If you step out of line or you are not what they say you should be, you're banished. Okay. Oh, you're done. done oh, you're, so yeah, you're just, you're just done. Right. And, and they've managed to convince a lot of people that your specific demographic, number one, doesn't exist. Right. Yep. And, and number two, you're not a voting block. You're not a person that the conservative movement should even attempt to talk to because you don't exist. Right. You, right. And, and I think that the university structure, the university system, what we're teaching our young people goes into a lot of that so if if i could ask you so in 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 the land of dan that'd be great in the land of dan okay in the land of dan it's the newest podcast the... Of dan. <laughs> here we go we're gonna launch mike the... is always right mike is always right and in the land of dan this this Got is it. we're launching a thousand podcasts here what what is your biggest concern i mean you see what is going on right now um you voted in a couple of elections. You, you've been around the block a bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. What are some of your biggest concerns right now? Looking, looking ahead. Uh, my biggest concern is that we stop seeing people for being people. Um, and, you know, you just, once you hear that someone disagrees with one of your tenets as a political voter, or, you know, whatever your worldview is, that you just discredit them for being a person and you won't even hear them. Um, back in, I don't remember the year, but I, I just remember that being another one of those things where like, you know, all my friends were really liberal and, you know, still like, I can't mention anything about my political ideology without it turning into an argument rather than just a discussion. Because <laughs> God forbid anyone ever have one of their own worldviews if you're not liberal. Um, You'll be in the conservative just, protection program, right? We'll, we'll yeah, blank out really your though. face, and this is not Dan <laughs> Peterson. This is Carlos Rodriguez Hernandez Gomez. Oh, this is this is Dan Peterson. My voice has been altered so that yes. my identity will not yes. be real. So, yeah, so your identity will come out. But but do you, yep. I mean, honestly, when when you when you really look at the identity politics, right? And yep you you should vote like this because you are this you should vote like this because you're this black folks you should always vote democrats gay people you should always vote democrats uh christian white people are always going to vote republican do you think there's a lot of loss there because you're putting people in silos and just assuming right and it also i think for let's say republicans or conservatives by name all right what made me feel really uncomfortable about this whole Trump thing is that he he's just not a good person to get behind morally, right? And I think a lot of people have, on our side, have kind of taken him as some sort of like, uh, I don't want to use like the term gift, but um, I just see a lot of people defending too much of him as a person and not the policies. And I just don't think that that does any any help for us. So, again, going back to, to treating people, you know, and taking them as people, like, if, if you want, want to just, I don't know, like, 
com combine all of the things that have have formed your worldview, right? And then be able to take things that you think are good and bad, but also, you know, I don't have a formed worldview, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Well, and I think it's it's interesting, you know, you look at the moral failures of 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 President Trump, you know, I can tell you there are times when the guy would say things that would just make you cringe, right? Absolutely. But I, but I kind of always go back to this. What what are we looking for in a in a president, right? What are we looking for in a leader? Are we looking for somebody perfect? And if that's the standard, I mean, there was only one dude in the planet that was ever perfect and they hung him on a tree, <laughs> right? They crucified him coming up on Easter. Make sure to get your Reese's Easter eggs and your peeps. I, why would you eat peeps? I just... That's probably a subject for a different podcast. I don't get it. But I think that the fallacy of this guy needs to be perfect, this guy needs to be presidential, whatever that is, I think is a flaw because the left doesn't ever want to talk about people like JFK and the womanizer that he was and Clinton. Oh, my God, Bubba, let's talk about what goes on in the White House, right? We don't <laughs> exactly. want to talk about those things. We don't want to talk about the very racist and crazy things that Republicans did back in the day, but everybody wants somebody to be perfect. And all of a sudden when they're not, we throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Right. It's just that identi identity politics and you, you get it from both sides, but I just encourage people to, yeah, you don't have to defend stuff. Like you just say, yeah, that's, a, that's a great point. I think that morally there's a lot to be, um, lot, a lot to be desired there for sure. But also like, here's the policy, you know, like what is your, can what does your candidate stand for in, uh, you know, on abortion or whatever the issue, like why, yeah, why, yeah. you know, gas prices. Let's, let's well, see how and, those and I go. Think, oh. And I think that people are turning themselves and, and as we become more connected as people, right? You got the Twitter sphere, you got the Instagram, you got, you know, TikTok, you got all these different things next door, you got the interwebs in general, right? Yep. We have a phenomenal amount of information at our fingertips that we can get to. Yet the only thing we want to say is, well, he's an orange man, and he's bad, and I don't like him. Right, exactly. Or, exactly. or this person said that or crazy Bernie said he was gonna do this. And so we want to talk about how crazy Bernie is, right? Like, Right. It, it just sort of blows my mind that we don't have people that are willing to ask those questions. For sure. When did we stop asking questions? And so I think you're right. That identity politics is something that really, um, you know, move us back to the issues. Let's talk about immigration. Let's talk about, you know, border security. Let's talk about, you know, your rights under the Second Amendment. Let's have those conversations instead of, this person's just bad and I don't like him. Right, exactly. Which is, I think, why you have to go back to, you know, seeing people as people instead of just calling, you know, you're a libtard or you're a, you know, I don't even know all the terms for, for liberals, but you just name calling, you know, like yeah. you're so dumb. Like, oh, you know, that's actually a person with, with, a, with a name. And, yep. Um, yep. you know, you can't just discredit someone for going along with, with them. And I get it too, like, like you were saying, you know, you watch President Trump talk about anything for, you know, more than 30 seconds. And you're like, really? Like, that's our president? Like, that's how he's going to talk? But then, I mean, you got Joe Biden, too. It's just no better. So I'm Joe Biden, just... and I think I maybe approved or someone told me that I should approve. Why am I approving this mess? Yeah, thanks, Joe. <laughs> Did you um, see um, Joe. This, is, uh, this is what came out, I think, either today or yesterday with, with the um, 
the, the news conference or whatever that, that he did. And he's got like this big, uh, you know, piece of paper with all of the reporters' yes. names and the questions, yes. you know, reporters' like, names. Uh, it, yeah. yeah. He had everything. Yeah. He had and, everything. And, that's, and, it was and that's the thing. Disaster. I, and that's the thing. I, I don't think we're going to make all four years in, in a Biden administration. Um, I think we really need to look at the issues. What are the issues that our country is facing? And, and I and I think you know we spent four years impeaching the former president, and now we're going to have to listen to you know four years of of what I don't know. Um, and and really, it's the opportunity that we have on on the right as as a conservative libertarian to start bringing this back to the issues, right? Right. Let's yeah. bring this back to the issues, guys, because if we can steer this to the issues, I guarantee our policies are going to win. Right. I guarantee. That's why I kind of like. Go ahead, your friend. I guarantee freedom. I guarantee freedom will always be better than socialism. I guarantee yeah. freedom and giving a person the ability to go out and do their own thing and make their own life is better than the government telling them exactly what to do and what to produce. Right. Yeah. So you might be able to enjoy July 4th. You might be able to. Maybe. You know? <laughs> Don't invite over too many people if Uncle no. Joe says. Do you think Uncle Joe will allow us to RSVP our people just so we can make sure, you know, you didn't RSVP, you can't show up. Uncle Joe said you can't be here. For Maybe Uncle July. Joe will, like, mandate Zoom meetings to be, you know, like the premium or whatever yes. to be free for everybody. Maybe yes. just July 4th. And then, and then what we'll do is we'll all put fireworks in the background is what we'll yes, do. Yes, they'll give us be, like a free, uh, you know, the backdrop. Well, you do know how many birds are killed every year by fireworks on the 4th of July. Bird lives matter. It's like 12. Oh, yeah, maybe 14. Um, okay. So let me let me ask you this. So you 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 have a daughter. I've, I've met your your amazingly beautiful daughter. What is Somewhere. your biggest what is your biggest hope for her growing up? What, what sort of country do you want to leave for her as she begins to grow? Yeah, that's an interesting way of, of wording that question because I've always thought about it in my mind that, you know, ever since she was born or whatever, um, you know, what's my biggest fear? Um, but my biggest, I guess, because I'm just a, <laughs> and it's, it's a weird world that we're living in and I feel sad about it and I feel, you know, just nervous about her future and what she has to deal with. Um, but my biggest hope for her is that she um, is just as, as strong at it as I am and, you know, does all of her research and is, and holds her faith and, and her beliefs in really, you know, and can, and considers everything, you know, considers everybody's point of worldview and where they're coming from is sympathetic and empathetic, but also, you know, knows who she is. Right. And, and I think that's something that uh, we should all strive for. I mean, you look at um, the elections in your school board, you look at the elections in your, your city council, you know, we're we're talking about 2022, 2024 congressional. We're talking about presidential. But, you know, the things that are going to affect most of our kids are going on right here in our own neighborhoods. Right. right. What What is your school board? What sort of, of, of curriculums is your school board looking at? What sort right. of things is your city council doing? You know, are we going to be able to I mean, I, I'll give you I'll give you a great example. So so I used to live in a in a small community in, in Texas. And when I first went to school there, there were three total high schools, right? Three high schools. They had about 2,500 uh, uh, young people that went there grades nine through 12. Now in that same community, they have nine high schools. Okay. Wow. Nine high schools and, and careful what you're thinking. That was a million years ago. No, it wasn't that long ago <laughs> that I graduated, but you know, what is, what is our city council doing to ensure that teachers have an appropriate 
you know, ratio to teach, right? Uh, right. 30, 40, 50 kids. Well, you start getting up there. We need more money so we can build more schools so we can educate more people, right? So those right. are the things that I think, you know, you talking about your daughter, me talking about my kids, that's where the battles won or lost, right? So, you know, go out there, vote, find good candidates. If you can't find a good candidate, by God, turn into the candidate yourself, right? Because yeah. we got to do this because this is this is the world we're going to leave our kids, right? So I'll yeah. give you the last word, Dan. What is, the, what is the one thing that you want going forward people to understand about what you believe? It's a good question. Um, man, it's just freedom. I just want people to be able to do what they want. Not have to pay a ton of taxes in, in getting done what they want. Um, be able to run their businesses the way that they want and not be told that they can't open um, it's been a really sad year, 2020 for small business owners. And I, I know I was talking to someone who, who owns a business over in, I think it was Wisconsin, but when gyms shut down, you know, police would go in there and just make sure that things were shut down. And like, what a sad world, right? Where you can't even, you can't even make money because of, you know, you're trying to keep people healthy at your gym, right? It just... It's just really sad that we, that we've come that far since you know 1776, and and that that that's our freedoms nowadays. Yeah. So we, we got mad and threw out a bunch of tea, and then we went to war, and now we're shutting down <laughs> no, mom and for us? pop stores and businesses. I know. So the another thing that came out of the Biden uh, press rally or whatever it was, uh, so six percent growth, right? That's what they're anticipating for this coming year. Yeah. That's. Great, but that's, I mean, you shut down an entire economy and 6% is what you're going to get back. That's not, well, that's think not about great. The, think about the trillions and billions of dollars that we're going to invest to pump into that economy. So is that ever going to actually be realistically considered growth? Right, yeah, it's nuts, man. But for me, I just want to promote freedom um, and be human, you know, be kind to each other. So we can do those simultaneously. I think, I think we'll start on the right path. So let's recap. Dan is a white male under 30 that just loves freedom. Dan, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, taking the time to be on the podcast and letting your voice heard because we don't have a lot of you running around. We don't have a lot of this uh, this challenging mindset. And, and I think if that's the one key takeaway that, that I'm going to take away from this interview is that questioning mentality. Don't believe what you're being fed. Don't just sit down, eat the cookies and milk and think everything is fine. Have that questioning mentality and always question the way of freedom. Right. Absolutely. All right, Dan, it's been a pleasure. A great interview. Um, really, I just want to say thank you to Dan for allowing me the opportunity to interview him. Uh, we did this a while back and uh, just haven't been able to post it. Wanted to fit it in, in a place that made sense. And, and I really, really you know, the words that we talked about back then ring true now. Questioning, asking why, asking why can't we have freedom? Why can't we have these things? Why can't we be kind to each other and get it? So really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate everything that this audience does. Did you know that you can actually support the show? 
I know, blows your mind, right? You can actually support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. So if you go to Anchor or if you look in the show notes, there'll actually be a button which says support. You can choose to support us with a one-time gift or you can choose to do something monthly. All of your support, whether it's financial, whether it's just recommending the podcast to a friend, is greatly, greatly appreciated. We thank every single person for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Go out there, challenge authority. Make sure that you're standing up for your rights. Make sure you're ringing the bell of freedom every single day. See you later, everybody.